Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Last Spin Podcast. My name is Mike, and with me, as always, every week, the editor-in-chief of LaughSpin.com, Dylan. What's going on, man? Not too much, Mike. What's going on with you? I am just living the dream. Me too. I did uh, I did some dishes not too long ago. I installed some new apps on my phone. Man, rock and roll lifestyle, bro. It's something else. Podcasting <laughs> and sitting in front of a computer all day. It's something else. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've been getting some attention now, which is fun. We've been doing this for a little while. And now there's a bunch of different ways that people can get a hold of this fine podcast. This is episode six, ladies and gentlemen. For everybody who's been downloading or uh, streaming it or subscribing on iTunes, just wanted to say thank you very much. I know there's a, a tremendous amount of comedy podcasts out there. This one I, I kind of think of as a supplement to uh, the podcasts that make you laugh. Certainly we have fun here, but we're not, we're not comedians. We're not trying to make you laugh. Something you could listen to quick, 30 minutes, and you're done. It catches you up on all of the current events so you can look like a smartass in front of your friends. That is uh, absolutely correct. So, uh... Thanks a lot, guys. And uh, if you do download us or um, subscribe on iTunes, please do leave a review. Yeah. Unless you hate it. Don't leave a shitty review. (laughs) iTunes is the way to go. Hit it up. Write a review. Thanks a lot for listening. All right. Let's get to the news, shall we? News. Comedy news. Kristen Wiig officially gone from SNL this past weekend was the season finale of uh, Saturday Night Live. And Mick Jagger was the host, which was shoddy at times. And the whole night ended with a nice little skit where it did a special farewell to Kristen Wiig where the entire cast came out, danced with her to Rolling Stone's She's a Rainbow, and some special guests came out. Who, who came out? There was a bunch of people. Chris Parnell was there, Steve Martin. I think John Hamm was wow. there, right? Oh, Amy Poehler, yeah. Rachel Dretch. There was a lot There was a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they all came out and, and, and wished Kristen a fond adieu. And now she is done with Saturday Night Live. And it was a nice little ending to her run there at SNL. It was kind of unannounced, but... Jason Sudeikis and Andy Samberg probably leaving. There's no, those announcements yeah. aren't official, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the rumor. If they do leave, they'll probably have some sort of announcement this summer. That's the word on the street that Sudeikis and Samberg are done. This is always kind of, I guess, the biggest gamble for people that leave SNL. It's it's like, okay, can they be a success after the show? After they've reached some kind of stardom with the show, going to movies or TV or something like that. Kristen Wiig has obviously proven that she can hold her own in a in a movie as a as a leading lady and as a character actor slash supporting role and she's also uh, she's writing and producing her own movie and she's i mean she's signed up for like no less than six other projects oh really okay so yeah so she should she should have yeah she should have no (laughs) no problem but sometimes man it's just it's a little bit of a gamble but Kristen, i think will will be one of the lucky ones that makes it out of there alive so good luck Kristen, and fond farewell to you we're looking forward to saturday night live for next season and some new blood Stephen Colbert lands on Maxim's Hot 100 list. This was <laughs> the first guy ever to drop on Maxim's Hot 100 list for the sexiest ladies around. <laughs> Stephen comes in at number 69 with a bullet. Get it? 
Isn't that, that's crazy, right? That he hit 69. Yeah, this is hilarious. This is just another example of Colbert's pull and the, the Colbert Nation. It's the first time Maxim opened up this list for people to vote. Colbert Nation went nuts and just started voting for, for Stephen Colbert to rank as one of the world's most beautiful women. He got on the list and he beat out 31 other people. So at number 69, there's probably some pissed off ladies that kind of make a living off of being pretty ladies. Yeah, 31 of them make their living out of being pretty. And there he is, Stephen Colbert. That's funny. It reminds me of Ron Swanson winning uh, Woman of the Year on Parks and Rec. <laughs> That's right. And also, good, good little press for Maxim to get back into the news again. How about it? Conan O'Brien visiting Letterman for the first time in 13 years. We talked about this last week as what to watch out for. And I got a chance to see this. This was uh, just this was awesome. It was great to see. We have a clip of... Conan talking about his relationship with Jay. Letterman didn't pull any punches, man. Good for him. He asked the questions that everybody wanted to know. And this is what Conan had to say about his relationship with Jay Leno. Have you spoken to anybody at NBC? Uh, no. Uh, who in particular? Anyone come to mind? No, this is, they're all gone, the people that I remember. I think everyone involved in my situation... Uh, with maybe an exception is gone. Uh, so there's no one there anymore yeah. that was there during my Nobody at the debacle. scene of the crime. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's a whole different... I'm told it's a lovely group. I wish them nothing but the best. And... Uh, <laughs> Put a polygraph on him. Uh, and, and, and what um, about your relationship with Jay? Because you knew Jay before uh, the, he demanded that he get his show back. I was assured none of this would come up tonight. <laughs> I was told we would discuss our shared love of antiquing. Um, Our many wonderful vacations together. I was never informed that this would come up. But uh, what is your question again? And you repeat it as many times as you like. We can get you. We can get you an office at Blimpy's. (laughs) Trust me. But you, I'm so insecure now in my talk show jobs that I'm always eyeing oh, tables at restaurants. You just, you just, I could go there. You just, I could be happy. But you had a relationship with Jay before uh, the, the uh, felon, uh, felony took place. <laughs> <laughs> what was the relationship like with Jay before this? Yeah, occasional phone call. Mm-hmm. and. You Did know. you feel a, a kinship, a camaraderie? Uh, he's, uh, it's a busy world. Uh, <laughs> I come from a large family. No, I would, I would say uh, up until this event, uh, we, we didn't have that much in common. Right. We're, we're, quite, we're quite different fellows, mm-hmm. uh, he and I. I don't know why I suddenly reverted to 19th century diction. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he and I are, are, are different. And, and so we didn't have a lot to talk about in common. Right. I don't own many automobiles that were made before 1904. Uh, <laughs> Primarily of brass and leather. Uh, and so I don't know what to... T- now, honestly, I, now we're going. Now yeah, we're getting I don't, someplace. I don't, I don't know. There are... There are very few ways, and I don't, I'm not saying this in a disparaging tone at all. There are very few ways in which he and I relate. Right. We're, we're not interested in, I don't think, in the same yeah. things. Right. But nonetheless, you had a bond via NBC and your two late night shows. Yes, he was my Mm lead-in. He was the host of The Tonight Show. I was the host of The Late Night Show. Right. And they put him on at 10 o'clock, and then uh, that didn't work out. And it was... So then they said, uh, uh, Jay, are you busy? And he said, no, I'm just working on my cars. 
So he came back, and they said, well, go to You're board. not doing the head waggle. Give me an inner ear problem. There you go, Conan. That's just a small clip of Conan on Letterman first time in quite a while he's been on there. But I watched the whole thing, and Conan is ever the diplomat. He was deflecting as much as possible. Dave really, really wanted him to lay into him. He he was just relentless with his questioning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Dave doesn't give a shit. No, he. he uh... I mean, I'm sure he he loves and and respects Conan, but uh, if if he could have gotten Conan to crack and just lose his shit, I think Dave would have been the happiest man in the world. Yeah, yeah, and you can tell in that clip there when he started kind of making fun of the cars a little bit. Dave was like, "All right, here we go, let's do it." Now you you know he wanted to kind of get into a little bit of ribbing, and Dave at one point he, he called Leno a baby. When I saw the whole thing happening, this was the the Jay that I know, where he's right. along those lines, paraphrasing, but. Yeah, just kind of calling him a baby about the whole situation and Conan, again, kind of deflecting and being the nice guy. Conan has repeatedly said in whenever he's, you know, seriously talked about the situation and and his career and everything, he's repeatedly said, he said it in his documentary, he said it on the final night of The Tonight Show when he was hosting. He says something along the lines of, and again, I'm paraphrasing, you get farther in this world by being nice to people, something along those lines. So he's always practicing that, it seems, and feels a little guilty trying to give Jay the what for, but it is what it is, and you know they didn't talk about Jay the whole time. There was some other stuff, too, and you can see all of the videos from the whole interview, Laughspin.com. Anything else you want to add to that? That's it, buddy. Next, Melissa McCartney, Sandra Bullock, co-starring in a buddy movie. What do you got on this? This is really cool. Melissa McCarthy, of course, was a, one of the standout stars from Bridesmaids. She's also a co-star of Mike and Molly, which she won an Emmy, actually, for that. So anyway, Melissa McCarthy is teaming up with Sandra Bullock, and they're, like you said, they're going to co-star in a buddy movie. They're going to play, Sandra Bullock is going to be an FBI agent. Melissa McCarthy is going to be a Boston cop, as you can imagine. Sandra Bullock is high-strung and probably pretty. And Melissa McCarthy is the out-of-control Boston cop. Paul Feig, directed Bridesmaids, is helming this one, too. And it gets better. Katie, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, Dippold, Dippold, well-known for her writing on Parks and Rec, which is an amazing show, an amazingly written show, is writing the screenplay for this. So I am looking forward to this. Here we go. Cagney and Lacey, the movie. Here it comes. That's right. <laughs> Dan Harmon. Officially fired from Community, Dan Harmon, the showrunner for the series Community, the NBC series Community, who got its fourth season, abrupt abrupt season, 13 episodes recently, but Dan Harmon is out officially, and the news gets a little weird. You want to explain, Dylan? Well, first off, let me, let me say this. I, I really don't understand why Sony Sony owns the show. Sony Pictures uh, Television owns the show. NBC, obviously, is the network. They re-upped Community, but for half a season, for 13 episodes, and they switched from Thursday to Friday, which is basically where TV comedies go to die. Mm -hmm. To me, they're half-assing this anyway. it, It seems that they just wanted to appease somebody Mm. so they re-upped it for 13 episodes they put it on friday they are gonna let it die so why get rid of dan Harmon with only 13 episodes left dan Harmon took to his tumblr and he explained that sony or nbc neither one of them had communicated with him about what was what was happening he basically found out he was fired when media outlets started reporting it 
Wow. That's it. Again, I just don't understand. I wrote a pretty exhaustive editorial on laughspin.com that yeah, you guys can read, but it just makes no sense. What they, what they really should have done was embrace the quirkiness and strike a deal with Hulu or, or Netflix or, or another one of these forward-thinking online uh, media outlets that are now producing original series, like Arrested Development. The new season is going to be broadcast uh, on, on Netflix. And they're bringing in these two guys, David Garaccio and Moses yeah. Port. They're going to be the showrunners for the next season. Their track record is is decent, but it's all kind of like mainstream type stuff. So we're going to get 13 episodes. It's going to be completely diluted. Just don't get it. My biggest question here coming into this was bef- prior to this and prior to Community getting the re-up for the 13 episodes, there was, of course, a couple of little flare-ups between Dan Harmon and Chevy Chase that hit the internet pretty big. Um, and I'm curious as to if that had anything to do with this that carried over to after the show got renewed. I know Chevy doesn't work well with a lot of people, but he may have some clout with some NBC execs. I don't know if that if that has anything to do with it whatsoever because there's been no word as to Chevy clocking out. Um, no. So I don't know. And you're right. It just seems very half-assed. It seems like this is kind of a weaning off process, a way to appease the rabid fans who probably bombard NBC constantly with either Twitter or emails or whatever to keep the show going. So this is probably one of those things where they'll dilute it enough to the point where the the hardcore fans will even be like, ah, the show's not really good now. And then when they let it go, it's like, okay, it had its run and it's done rather than cutting it off at a strong point like the end of season three. So right. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But Dan Harmon officially out for Community. Some sad news again. We we get we always do this. We've been doing this a lot lately, and I um, we gotta stop. I can't I can't help it. There's you know there's sad news. I know it stinks though. Comedian Ron Shock, who you may know, he has had a bunch of announcements on his YouTube channel and his uh, Facebook page. Passed away recently at the age of sixty nine. Cancer died on May seventeenth. Just terrible. There was a benefit coming up for him to kind of help with his hospital bills. Still going on though. They're helping the family pay for the remaining hospital bills. There's going to be kind of a memorial in row set up by his wife and the family and stuff. So, I mean, it's unfortunate. He kind of knew his time was coming up. It wasn't supposed to be this fast. But, hey, I, you know, you never – you don't know. You don't know when. So he had a long life and, and as as long as he could have. And as you pointed out in the Laughspin article about his passing, which you, which you can see on Laughspin.com, Las Vegas-based comedian started comedy in his late 30s and referred to his act as comedy from a life fully lived. So that's I think that's important to know that he really didn't have a lot of regrets, obviously, in, in his later days and the months and days that uh, towards the end there, he was he wasn't doing too well. But he touched a lot of people. He's a really funny guy. And I, and I strongly suggest you, you check out some of his comedy. And if you happen to be in the area for his benefits you should definitely get out there and, and check it out because uh, he would have wanted it that way, I think. Um, what else do you have to say about Ron Shock? I know you've, you've been following this um, for a while now. I think you said it all, Mike. Like you said, you could you could go to laughspin.com. You, there's a message. There's a few messages there from uh, his wife, Rhonda, who he's left behind. She's pretty broken up. Yeah, and also go to his Facebook page and leave your thoughts as well. That, that'd, be, that'd be nice if you were, especially if you were a Ron Shock fan. 
going back to happier news. Hopefully we don't have to do one of those again for a while because it's I, I don't like the downers. Let's keep it up here. This is a comedy show, folks. This is about comedy. Let's keep it up. Well, this is good. If it's anything, it's it's upbeat. Cool. Matt Besser of Upright Citizens Brigade fame released a new musical comedy, Freak Dance, which is available on video on demand and the soundtrack is on iTunes. What else you got on this? It's just this crazy fucked up parody of, of a musical. So many people are in it. Matt Walsh, Ian Roberts, Amy Poehler, Tim Meadows, Horatio Sands, Andy Daly. Just so many people. I've listened to most of the soundtrack, which is hilarious. Hmm. Um, so you could download the album now on iTunes. We wanted to actually play a song, a song called uh, Work That Butt. So this is from Freak Dance, Matt Besser's musical comedy. <laughs> rich people are so rich their butts don't know how to work <laughs> those moves now where have i seen them that's right the pirates of the caribbean working class moves are hot and exotic not robotic uh-uh. if you really want to make that cut you're gonna have to work that butt you say you dance like you got a blue collar. You gotta work that butt until the boys holler. You trust them, but works as slow as a junkie. Saddle up and ride that donkey. If you want your man to bust a nut, you're gonna have to work that butt. Work that butt, work that butt, work that butt like a strip pole slut. No butts allowed that ain't working. If there be butts that be lurking, those butts best be get to working. Oh yeah, come on, rich bitch, work that butt. Curb it, swerve it, now you've got to serve it. Rich girls got to earn it, here's your butt working permit. Back it up nice, show them what you got. Grind it like it's ice, drop it like it's hot. Bang it, hang it, like it ain't no thing. Wiggle your sitter, shake that shitter, jump on the butt. Okay, I'm just gonna start really accurately. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. Imagine that you're at the club and you feel his thing all up and you crack and you gotta show more to work. Yeah, like this. Look at the silent girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lift that up. I've got it, guys. So there you go. Work that butt. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and that's from the musical comedy Freak Dance, which you can get the soundtrack on iTunes. Check out the trailer on Lapspin.com and a whole lot more. So there you go. All right. This is a weird story. I can't believe that this is actually happening and people are getting away with it. Desperate Housewives producer calls out Will and Grace creators for stealing partners on CBS. Give the lowdown on this one. So here's the situation in a nutshell. CBS... Just picked up a show called Partners, which is about two best friends, one gay, one straight. They're partners in an architectural firm. The straight one just got engaged. And, of course, hijinks ensue because 
you know, the gay guy is high strung because all gay dudes are high strung. Right. <laughs> um, so, oh, by the way, I watched the trailer in the behind the scenes video CBS posted on this thing and the show looks god awful. It's just reinforcing every hack stereotype imaginable. Ugh. But full disclosure, that's a, like based on a four minute preview. And it's written by these two guys, David Cohan and Max Munchnik, who were the team behind Will and Grace and James Burroughs, who also headed up Will and Grace is producing it. The problem is that there was a short-lived show on Fox in 1995 also called Partners about two best friends Mm -hmm. who were both architects and one just got engaged to a girl named Allie, which, by the way, is the same name of the fiancé on the new CBS show. Wow. Jesus. So, I mean, I'm not one to to jump to cynical conclusions. So once I started realizing all of this, I was like, I'm not a television expert. I've never worked in television. I thought, well, I'm sure there was some kind of backroom deals or some some kind of negotiating happening so that this can actually happen this way. But as it turns out, it it doesn't look like that's what's happening because the original show creator, his, his name is Jeff Greenstein or Greenstein, a producer and a writer on Desperate Housewives. He's been tweeting about how the Will and Grace guys stole his show. And right after CBS announced that they picked up Partners, a Twitter account for the original Fox show <laughs> popped up and it's it, whoever's running it. I'm, I'm assuming Jeff or some, uh, one of Jeff's friends, this account is, is tweeting things out like don't miss partners. This falls most original comedy on Fox. It's the hottest thing since windows 95 <laughs> and our show partners premiere September 11th, 1995, right after Melrose plays. So obviously Jeff Greenstein is not happy with what's going on. I just don't understand how this is happening. I don't understand how you could have so many similarities and there's no legal things going on. Right. You would would think before a show gets the green light to go, it has to pass many people's desks and has to go through many, many facets before it gets going. You would think that one of them would have said, hey, wait a minute, this sounds familiar. Or, hey, maybe I should do a little research to see if this was actual show prior to. Or... Just very simplistically, hey, let's find out if there was ever a show called Partners. <laughs> you know, yeah. that and that alone would be something that you would think somebody would go, hmm, this sounds a little odd. But they went through with it, and everybody's up in an uproar, the people that are supposed to be, and apparently they're getting away with it. I, I don't know how that works either. Who's got the best lawyers? Who's got the most money? I don't know. Who, who knows? But... Partners is happening, and hopefully it'll all be gone in a couple of weeks, so nobody will give a shit anyway. So <laughs> so I guess check out Partners, or don't. Who, whatever. Partners, there you go. Um, if, uh, <laughs> if, if Partners on CBS ever wants to buy an ad to run during the Laugh Spin podcast, however, we're happy to never say anything bad about your show again. Sure. You want to silence us with your checkbook? By all means. Do it, but until then, I think you stink. We move on Harsh. away from the news to what you've labeled here as miscellaneous debris, comedy, dro- <laughs> comedy droppings, if you will. Uh, let, let's... I stole that from one of my favorite bands in my youth, which is uh, Primus. Nice. Oh, that's perfect. There you go. I, I get the reference now. Wes Anderson's new movie, Moonrise Kingdom, hits theaters May twenty fifth. 
This looks like a, a must-see. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes ranking it 97% already. Bill Murray, Francis McDormand, Bruce Willis, Edward Norton is in this. And personally, I will watch anything Francis McDormand is in. In a documentary wherein she is taking a dump, <laughs> I will <laughs> I will watch that. And not only because I'm super into scat porn, <laughs> but because she is a fine actress. And I like anything she does. This is set on an island uh, off the coast of New England in the summer of 1965. And it tells the story of two 12-year-olds who fall in love, make a secret pact, and then run away together into the wilderness. You can watch the entire trailer on Laughspin.com. I'm definitely going to go check this out. And I personally will watch anything that Bill Murray's in because he just makes me giggle just doing nothing. So, You look at his face and you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. things are going to be okay. Bill fucking Murray. I'm in. So that's uh, Wes Anderson's new movie, and I'm sure all the hipsters will flock to it as well. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be taking Instagram pictures of it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, going to the box office and a little bit of report on the comedies that are out in theaters right now. Dictator, number three movie in America as of today, making $17.4 million in its first week. While the other new comedy out was What to Expect While You're Expecting, in fifth place overall, making $10.5 million in its first week. Think Like a Man, still going strong, $2.7 million after more than four weeks in theaters, $86 million overall. That's not too bad there for, for a little comedy about <laughs> fucking, yeah. And, Kev, and and our buddy Kevin Hart, he's, he's, uh, he's doing a good job. Television, new season of Tosh.0 kicks off Comedy Central, May 29th, the same day as the new season of Workaholics premieres, both on Comedy Central. Um, what else? Anything Anything else that uh, we got to throw in there before we hit our last thing? That's about it. I, I say we get the hell out of here and let everybody listen to Comedy Bang Bang and, and WTF and, and whatever else they're listening to out there. <laughs> All right, but before we go... Gotta end with a clip, obviously, and we have to end with this one. This is on LastSpin.com. You should take a listen, and it's it's a very funny concept and one of my favorites. Gilbert Godfrey voicing the audiobook for Fifty Shades of Grey, the terribly written and wildly popular, for for whatever reason, S&M book that is all over the well, place it's- now. It's it's wildly popular because of repression. It's monetizing the concept of uh, repression, these suburban housewives who are too afraid to, like, you know, buy or watch hardcore porn online. They're like, hey, I could buy this book. It's totally a book. Books are okay. <laughs> it's, I could buy this book. It's totally a book. <laughs> it's, it's, there's, there's, I could read about fisting, but it's okay because it's in a book. Because it's artistic. It's artistic and not even copy edited properly. Yeah, but uh, the uh, yeah, this dude, I, we posted this video. It has been shared almost nine thousand times. Nice. So just on Laughspin alone, nine thousand different people have shared this Gilbert Gottfried video, the audio of which you're about to listen to. Here you go. Audible.com presents Fifty Shades of Grey, the erotic best-selling novel read by Gilbert Gottfried. My inner goddess has stopped dancing and is staring too, open-mouthed and drooling slightly. Hear it the way it was meant to be heard. Keep still, he orders, and slowly he inserts his thumb inside me, rotating it around and around, stroking the front wall of my vagina! No fisting, you say. Anything else you object to? I 
agree to the fisting, but I'd really like to claim your ass. Famed voice actor Gilbert Gottfried gives a reading that can only be described as sensual. Holy fuck is this wrong? But holy hell, is it erotic? Let Christian Grey seduce you over and over again through the voice of Gilbert Gottfried. But when he hits my clitoris, I cry out loudly. Oh, please, I groan. Quiet, he orders. Not taking his eyes off mine, he scrunches my panties in his hand, holds them up to his nose, and inhales deeply. His hands reach around and touch my breasts, and my nipples pucker at his touch. Holy shit, this is hot. There you go, Gilbert Godfrey. (laughs) I I don't know about you, but I'm wet. I'm Saya. I'm something. (laughs) That's awesome. That is awesome. So, there you go. It's on lastman.com if you want to get the visual, too, because it's a nice little vignette of females listening to this as they go about their day, and it's the visual is pretty funny as well. All right, let's get out of here. Dylan, give all the plugs. Thanks, guys, for listening. You can find us on Tumblr. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter at LaughSpin.com. We're on motherfucking Pinterest. Boom. We're all over the place. Yeah. So uh, check us out. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm Mike, and you can find me on MastersOfNone.com, my other podcast. Thank you very much for listening to that as well. We will see you next time, next week, same place, laughspin.com podcast. See you.